next, you won't believe what's going to happen. It's time for the PowerShell Podcast. The podcast for PowerShell and the PowerShell community. The PowerShell Podcast is a PDQ production, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey everybody, welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I am Jordan, along with the rock that makes everything possible, Andrew Plaw. You know what I'm cooking. Yeah, today... We're not even going to wait for the guest because everyone's waiting. This is the the greatest of of the petties. We got James Petty. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to James, be here. You're a busy guy. You're doing all kinds of things. What what type of stuff do you do in the PowerShell world? For those who are unfamiliar with James Petty, whoever they may be, yeah. Yeah, explain uh, it to those three people that have not learned yet. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I do a few things. So uh, I'm the conference chair for the PowerShell and DevOps Global Summit. I, you know, I help run PowerShell.org and the DevOps Collective. It's kind of the legal entity behind that. Uh, I help run the PowerShell user group here in Chattanooga. We're getting that uh, back up and running. Uh, see, we also do PowerShell Saturday here in Chattanooga. It's called PowerShell on the River. Uh, see here, uh, I'm on my second PowerShell book. So the first one I did was learn PowerShell month, learn PowerShell scripting in a month of lunches, fourth edition. It's been out about a year or so now. And uh, just just wrapped up the technical edits on the second book, learn PowerShell scripting in a month of lunches. Um, and then I also teach at the local community college here, uh, here in town. I teach a class from eight to nine, Monday through Thursday. That is a few things. Let's <laughs> a couple of. I don't want to say that list has left me underwhelmed, but uh, I'm, I'm whelmed. I'm, I'm <laughs> whelmed as well. <laughs> uh, before we cover the book, because I definitely want to hear about that and introduce that to our audience, but PowerShell.org, that is a website. That is a thing. What is PowerShell.org? What's the purpose of it? And what kind of useful resources does it have? Uh, we have tons of resources. So the main PowerShell.org itself is kind of a repository for people who want to write blog articles but don't want to go through the hassle of setting up their own, uh, you know, their own infrastructure, whether it be WordPress, Go, you know, Ghost, or whatever, you know, whatever it is you want to do, GitHub pages. Uh, it, it takes a lot of work and kind of a lot of time and, and money, you know, to be able to be able to do those things. So if you're interested in being a guest contributor on PowerShell.org, you can always shoot me a message. That's admin at PowerShell.org. That'll come to me uh, and the website team, and we can uh, we can get you set up. We also have uh, loads of free books on there uh, under our resources. Go to free books. Uh, they'll take you to our Lean Pub bookshelf. Uh, there's a b- bunch of free books up there, most of which were written by initially written by uh, Don Jones, and then a lot of them have been subsequently updated. Uh, and then we also have uh, our YouTube channel. You know, I for if I'd have known you were gonna ask the question, I would have had the stats up. But uh, you know, we get hundreds of thousands of views a month on uh, all of our content that we have uh, set up on our YouTube channel. What they are, they are recordings from all the past summits from 2016 uh, up. So 2016 through 2023 uh, uh, are on there as well. And 95% of that content is still definitely rel- uh, relative today. Uh, and then we also have the forums, so forums.powershell.org. Uh, we have some fantastic moderators uh, that are on there. You know, we get, a, I think it's close to 100,000 unique visits every month uh, uh, to the forums to the tune of 12,000 unique questions being asked every month. 
Uh, so uh, definitely, um, definitely a lot going on there. So it's very similar to like Stack Overflow or a place like that. Like if you have a question, you are not the first person to ever have that problem in the world. Uh, if you are, we should probably talk because that makes you very unique. Uh, but anyway, if you have a problem, uh, you should you can go used to go on there. Uh, it's pretty high probability that someone else has already asked and answered that question for you. And if not, type it in there, and Olaf will probably answer it for you within a couple hours because he is one of our best moderators that we have out there. Hey, shout out Olaf. There's also some other cool resources. I really like the calendar, the community calendar, to see what kind of events are coming up. And also, if I may say, I love the podcast section where you can see different podcasts, including ours, that are uh, posted to their feed. Very cool. Appreciate you doing that. But Jordan, on the topic of podcasts, we have one right here. And you know what we're looking for? We're looking for some feedback. So if you have some feedback that you'd like to share, we have a form uh, a survey asking about your favorite episodes, getting some feedback on segments you'd like to see, ideal length, all the good stuff, Jordan. Feedback helps. So for those that are listening, this is Andrew uh, acknowledging without acknowledging that I botched the intro and saving me from the beating that Kelly would give me. <laughs> Fourth wall, we don't yeah. have it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes, the the we do the survey for our podcast is important because we want to improve. We we like what we have here, but doesn't mean it's perfect and. We like, we like new ideas, so please, please help us out with that one. And while you're at it, what's one survey without another? So let's check out the sysadmin survey. PDQ is kicking off its third annual State of System Administration survey, and we'd love your input. Last year, we surveyed over 1,001 IT pros to understand salaries, popular IT tools, cybersecurity trends, and the one true pronunciation of, how do you say it this week, Jordan? GIF still. A GIF still. Okay, that's fair. Keep it correct. So take our survey and help us gather insights into what IT looks like right now. That one is closing uh, four days from when this episode is dropped. So yep. if, if you are keen, time is running short. Let us know. Yep, get in there in November. If not, farewell. Check out the report when it comes out. James, back to PowerShell.org, my friend. <laughs> I will say thank you uh, to you and everyone else who has contributed to PowerShell.org. Um, the books are really fantastic resources just in general to have an org out there advocating for PowerShell, um, not just talking about it, but but kind of living it. Uh, really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a uh, labor of love. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Definitely. And I... Uh, I know there's a lot that also goes into summit planning and putting on an event like that, which so many of us on the podcast spend a lot of time kind of reminiscing about and serves as, for a lot of us in North America, our central yearly meetup. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We, we like to think of summit as it's a big meetup. It's really, it's really what it is. It's, it's not, it's not a big conference like Ignite or VMworld or anything. It's, it's a big meet. It's just a meetup that happens to have some of the best and brightest. You know, people in the IT field come and presenting for you. Doesn't get any better than that. And at the time this goes up, CFPs are closing. But I'll tell you what, I am getting my submission in today on the last day um, to enter to speak. And I saw something on LinkedIn, which is really cool. One of the on-ramp uh, people from last year, Jasmine, submitted a session. So it's always cool to see new people submitting. And I think that uh, one thing that you really push for Summit is getting first-time speakers. So how are the first-time speakers signups going this year? 
Yeah, so they're they're going great. So I haven't looked at the stats since like lunch today. Uh, but this morning, uh, we woke up to we were at a hundred or uh, was it? I don't remember the exact number, but we over fifty sessions came in in the last twenty four hours, uh, which was like we know people like to wait to the last minute. We don't quite know that that many people like to wait the last minute. And then I know I haven't looked at it since then, but my phone won't stop going off. Uh, with all of the sessionized emails. Uh, but last time I took the stats, so this was two days ago, um, I think it was like just over 25% of the unique speakers that I have submitted uh, were first were first time speakers. Uh, you know, our goal is about 20, about 25%. Uh, so that that's it's always fantastic to hear. You know, th- through the years, we, you know, we can't just keep having the same people over and over. We have to get the new blood in. We have to get new people uh, people like Jasmine. Jasmine was in our, it's like you said, was in our on-ramp uh, program last year, and now she's uh, presenting. She took advantage of our mentorship program, so she worked with Joe Hughes uh, as well to kind of help help uh, say, "Hey, I had this idea, but I don't quite know how to put it down on paper." So they were able to work together to kind of create like, "This is what a good abstract looks like." Here is uh, here are your talking points. Maybe here's how we can redo your session a little bit. So she definitely took it uh, took advantage of that as well. So. I have absolutely no input on the content, but I'm rooting for her. So, so getting help from probably the most frequent speaker in the PowerShell community is that's not going to hurt. No, and she, uh, yeah, and she was one of the few people that that actually took advantage of the uh, the mentorship program that we that we offered. So, uh, that's awesome. and also, well, once the se- sessions go out, you know, we'll especially those first time speakers, we'll we'll offer some some kind of mint mentoring kind of help getting ready leading up to because we know it can be very nerve-wracking getting up and speaking in front of a hundred of your closest friends yeah and people you look up to and maybe you've learned a lot from it it can definitely be an experience but you come out the other side better off for sure i remember my first year at summit uh, there were the lightning demos and i was a bit nervous but i got up there and did a lightning demo and left with a bit more confidence that i could do this again and eventually came back and gave a full session. So Summit is the place to do it. It's the place to push your boundaries. It's the place to walk up to people and talk to them and enjoy all that it has to offer. And it's been such a cool thing to see for so many how it has played such a role in their professional growth. Um, Love seeing that. And then you see the speakers come back year over year and it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, so we have, we have our same core group of speakers that come back, you know, uh, Anthony Nocentino, Justin Grody, uh, Mike Nelson, you, you know, just a few people who are always come back every year. And then we, the, the new, the new faces, um, we had Michael, I don't remember Michael's last name, but he's from France. Uh, he was a first time speaker last year. Uh, uh, he's, he's presenting again. I think most of our speakers from last year are coming back. So we'll have a lot of repeats. Uh, but you know, that doesn't mean that you're not obviously not presenting the same, uh, the same subjects, but right. Right. It's is definitely 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 good time. It's a bunch of introverts who just happen to all be in the same room together. Yeah, and it kind of is magical when that happens. Um, I first time I went, I was like, "Whoa, these are my people right here. This is perfect." Like, no, we're not all the exact same, but we have this kind of shared perspective and so many shared experiences working in IT, learning PowerShell, and all that. That it really makes for a very cool week when you combine it with the kind of kind nature and openness of the community. It's real nice. There's a lot of people out there who have been walked up to when they were kind of standing alone in the corner and are now very comfortable walking up to people standing alone in the corner and introducing them. So this is when my, my first summit 
I think the only person I talk to is Andrew, and that's just because if Andrew's going to talk to you, there's, you're going to talk to Andrew. But I, I avoided almost all conversation the first year, and then each year I've had a little bit more. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's a way better experience if you just join in. Yep. Now, there are some changes this year to Summit, right? Uh, a few changes, the most notably being that we are moving venues. So, you know, for those of you who've been following us, we've been at the Marriott for the last two years. So we're, we're moving back to the Maiden Bower. So we're just uh, four blocks down from where we were. Uh, also kind of uh, not where we started, but, you know, we've been we've been there a long time. They recently, they recently did some renovations. It's just a fantastic venue. We have the we'll have the whole uh, the whole place ourselves again. Uh, so conference or the breakout rooms will be on the first floor. We're going to have dinner or not dinner. We'll have breakfast and lunch. Our meals will be down on the second floor. We're bringing back uh, mid-morning and mid-afternoon snacks. And for those that are asking, yes, all day coffee is coming back. Nice. Uh, you'd be amazed how many people want their coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon. But all day coffee is all day is co- coffee is coming back. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're also moving conference hotels. You know, we've been at the Marriott since they opened in 2016. It, it's a fantastic property, uh, but we just uh, you know we got a much better rate down at the courtyard. They uh, recently they underwent a multi million dollar renovation as well. Uh, it's so it kind of looks like a brand new hotel. Uh, there's Starbucks. There's Starbucks down in the lobby. Um, it is it is less than a block from. Uh, you know, from the conference center, from door to door is about three and a half minutes. And that's if you walk at a James pace. If you walk at a, at a Justin Grody pace, you can be there in about a minute and a half. Uh, so it's a lot of, um, it's, it's, a, it's a, a whole lot closer. Uh, we did like the fact that we were all in the same building, but around Thursday, by the time Thursday rolled around, you're like, man, I wish I had some sunlight. Um, you know, so the Maiden Bower has that nice uh, mezzanine and terrace that you can go, you can go out on, and uh, it's all that natural sunlight coming in. So we're we're really we're really excited about uh, about about the change of venues. It's, you know, it's also good to, to mix things up some as well. You don't want to. It's not a rinse and repeat every year for sure. I, I like that uh, you're talking about the coffee. All day coffee is coming back, and then also there's a Starbucks in the lobby. I, if people are wondering what the number one priority on that week is. Yes, it is. It, it is definitely coffee. It is very hard to be social a week without coffee. I found. Yeah, and uh, so another big change that we're that we're bringing back this year. So if you've been with us for a long time, you you might remember that we used to do workshops on Mondays. So Summit used to be a three day event, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, with all day workshops on Monday. So we're bringing work uh, those workshops back. Uh, we're still not quite sure exactly what the schedule is going to look like, but that schedule is going to get posted around December 15th. Uh, but we're bringing, uh, the goal is, we, we have to go back and look at the CFPs, but we're going to do workshops on Mondays, uh, or on Monday. So it's, it's a four-day event. They're not separate tickets. They're just, that, that's, what you, that's what you're paying for. So we're going to do those workshops, and these are three-and-a-half-hour uh, three hour workshops. Uh, really deep dive, kind of follow, follow along with me as we kind of get into some to some, de- to some deep stuff. Uh, we wanted to do that on Monday as opposed to the last day because by the time Thursday rolls around, your brain is already mush. You, the next, the last thing you want is a three-hour deep dive on what is Kubernetes and how it works. Uh, I like that a lot. It also leaves the week to like follow-up conversations with the speakers or other people who are in the attendee uh, in attendance. Yeah, and so and then you know we're still working some things out uh, on how we're gonna we're gonna try to make sure. 
that the speakers are more prominent and available throughout the week. Uh, and then we're also going to do what we call called birds of a, fe- a birds of a feather lunch. So basically, during the lunchroom, you know, so imagine a banquet a banquet room. We have with uh, you know we had the big the big rounds. There's like ten chairs around them. We're gonna put uh, every day. We're gonna have a different set of top conversation cards on the tables. Some will be tech related. Some may some will not be tech related. Uh, so the the idea is you'll go around and kind of find a conversation that interests you, uh, and then you and your you and your friends that are at the same table kind of help supposed to help move the conversations around towards whatever what you know whatever the topic is as opposed to just finding a random seat and hoping the person next to you uh, has something to talk about or doesn't kind of depending on how you are kind of help foster those conversations love to see it so i, I do want to say because i think there's more common might expect sometimes sitting just in the background and listening to a conversation people get a lot of joy out of that i know for me not joining the conversation, but being present for it is actually something that is quite nice for me. So just having conversations with other people can go around and listen. I think that's going to be an extra win even for those that aren't quite ready to to jump in yet. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. And I think being an engaged listener is also totally accepted. You don't have to be the one leading every convo. Um, I've definitely found myself just intently listening, eye contact, smiling along, laughing, having a good time without having to be the expert at the particular subject. So definitely, Jordan. So and all, so another good thing about moving to the courtyard is we have kind of what we're calling some quiet space. So it's still down. So basically we have, we basically have the whole hotel. Um, so, but they have some very smaller conference rooms that are still, they're bar adjacent. So they're, they're close to where everyone is, but they're not exactly in the mainstream. Uh, so that's, you know, so people can kind of go in and have some, uh, they, they can be people adjacent, but they can still also kind of chill out. Uh, you know, because sometimes we need a break. You know, we can't we can't be on all the time. Yeah, and I, I think some people just don't like socializing in loud environments and having some options that are a little bit more low key or maybe some places to kind of refresh and reset. That's awesome. Love to see that kind of improvements. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, 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 and, I, and all of the, and most of these, most of not all of these, came straight from. Uh, feedback that we got from you know at the end of summit no surprise to hear that seems like everybody in this community understands that feedback and growth and learning from mistakes is is the way to go about things so cool to see you all living out those values i'm I'm curious about this uh the, the new book because uh manning has published a lot of books i've never seen them shout out praise before for someone that wrote so many chapters so quickly that it's like this was amazing so what does it take to get a publisher of thousands of books to comment on how productive you've been on writing? Uh, that was six chapters in one day. In one day. <laughs> Is that it? I keep on expecting you to wow me, but my goodness. Yeah, it was definitely uh, it was it was, de- it was definitely a lot, but it was also it, I I was gross way behind schedule uh, on the book. You know, it was supposed to be out like I think last year uh or if not like early like february of this year uh so way behind so it's just finally he's like all right i'm gonna buckle down uh get you know not knock this out and you did knock it out you did books are huge undertakings they are it is a lot of work and you get uh yeah it's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart Especially, I know you added a young one to the mix in the past year or so. So, right, yeah, so my, yeah, my youngest just turned one last month, so she's uh, 
She's almost walking, so uh, we're in trouble. Time's flying. But for those who aren't aware, so I think we've had you on and we talked about PowerShell in the month of lunches. That's a book that's often recommended, and I think people might be a little bit familiar. But this is not that book. This is What is this book we're talking about here? Right. So this is Learn PowerShell Scripting in a Month of Lunches. So this is kind of, um, if you want to think out of it, like a volume one, volume two. So we take the core concepts that we learned in the first book, and then we come into uh, we come uh, into this book to become um, what is commonly referred to as a tool maker. So there's a lot of new, there are new concepts that are in, um, introduced here uh, into the book. But if you you need to make sure you have those core concepts down first, that's what, that's what the first book teaches you. Uh, but some of the things that are different, a little different about this book than most Manning books is one, not every chapter has a lab, you know, because sometimes you, we don't need a lab on how to read the help file. Uh, uh, things like that. Uh, but then also there are some labs in there that don't have the answers to them. And that's, and that's on purpose because the idea is we want to make sure that you know uh, kind of what you're doing. Uh, and then, or, for, or if you don't know, it's, you know, it's time for you to, time for you to figure it out. It's, it's time for us to stop providing the answers for you and for you to go on. Uh, you know, there, there's 10 different ways on how to get the, on how to get your SAM account name out of, out of AD. So it's just one of those like find out find out what, what works for you and and uh, continue on that way. Nice, yeah. I find that it's really helpful to learn by doing, especially when you're getting to the more complicated subjects and when you're building on knowledge. Having kind of a practical use case to put it to is is good to solidify the knowledge. Yeah, and we also have uh, you know we do provide some working examples as well, but we also take kind of a core uh, a core script. So we take the idea of a script and we take the script to a function and then from a function to a module and then from the module we put write a pester test for it and then from there we publish it to the powershell gallery so we kind of go through the whole process from end to end on and and the chapter is built on all these all these little steps it takes to get there so in in the first book month of lunches powershell scripting in a month of or sorry PowerShell in a month of lunches. You're more learning how to use the tool of PowerShell and put commands together and, and navigate all that. Whereas PowerShell scripting is when you create your own tools, it sounds like, kind of teaching you the way to properly create and maintain your own tooling. Right. We spend a couple of chapters going through uh, the design elements. You know, a lot of times, you know, people like you and me, Jordan, like sometimes we'll just like, okay, I have a problem. I'm going to set the keyboard. And you know, I'm going to design a tool the hard way. Uh, the correct way to do it is, is you know, to whiteboard it, figure out what it's going to look like, what does it need to do, you know, what what do you want it to do, what are the inputs supposed to be, what are the outputs going to be, what is outputs going to look like. So we kind of go through that whole process of taking it from like a, a bar napkin sketch and then ultimately ending up in the PowerShell gallery. Yeah, because that's a lot. It's a lot of steps and a lot of things. And being able to go through a book where it kind of breaks it down for you can be really helpful. Because um, to me, at least, before I ever published a module or any of that, I was very overwhelmed by the whole idea of it. Like, There's so many steps to it, but being able to kind of plan things a little bit and take the burden off of your working brain space is uh, massively helpful. Yeah, and then also remember bite-sized pieces. You know, uh, my favorite line is, a function should do one thing. If it does two things, then you need two functions. That's a good call. So, and uh, we definitely drive that home as well. So for those that read first edition, 
I guess what new info is coming in so they, they could uh, run and buy the new version so they get uh, all the latest info. The, uh, you oh, so the book is still in the MEEP. Uh, so it's a Manning Early Access program. So if you want to go, go, want to go grab it, it's going to come out of a MEEP pretty soon. Uh, it's going to go away for just a little bit while the content editor is doing, they're doing their things. So they're going through and fixing all the misspellings. You know, the PowerShell, for those of you who don't know, PowerShell has a capital P and a capital S. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we definitely want to, you know, we make, they're going to go, they're going through and making sure that all those little spelling things are, uh, are done. And it'll come back on the shelf sometime in, I believe, early April. Uh, but I think right now there's like, there's no new more con, like there's no more content coming out because the whole book is out, is out in the meat. Coming out just in time for Summit. So if you want James's signature. Maybe, maybe it'll come out by then. But I think to, I think to answer your initial question is this book was rewritten uh, from the first edition, which was written or originally written for PowerShell 3. Um, and then there was kind of a mini revision from 3 to 5.1. Uh, and then the, I think the Pester chapter might have been updated to go to Pester five, but there, but we just kind of we took the whole book and kind of uplifted it to make sure that everything we did worked in PowerShell seven, which was uh, like some of the commands are not going to work in Power, you know, may not work in PowerShell five, uh, and we definitely had to go through you know the original. Everything was built on WMI. Those who don't know, WMI commands don't exist in PowerShell seven, so we that we had to go through and. You know, and re replace all those, rework a lot of those uh, examples. Nice. And I can say that whenever I was learning PowerShell back in the day, I went through the month of lunches to the scripting and a month of lunches kind of route, and I really enjoyed it. It's a very nice way to learn things. Um, and I don't know, just I enjoyed the lunch of month, the months like kind of format. Yeah, the format is definitely unique as far as uh, te technical books go. You know, each chapter is designed to take no more than an hour, and that's including the lab. Except for there was one chapter when we're like, you should need to take a long lunch break. I think it's chapter, I think it's chapter 17. Or like, you should take a long lunch break for this one. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that having the conversation with managers about like, hey, I kind of need some time. I want to learn this new skill. Is it okay if I spend an hour each day kind of working on it? At the end, I would like to be able to automate our this or that or start developing solutions for this or, you know, having a conversation with your boss so you can have management buy-in for you to learn this new stuff, for you to hopefully expense books and promote you as a individual at work to do your best and to grow and keep contributing awesome stuff. And PowerShell is awesome and will make your security posture better, improve your automation and free you up to work on more important problems. Right. Like, let me spend a little bit of time now to learn this cool automation tool so that we can fix a lot of our problems later. Since you're most likely to be going to someone who less technical, instead of going in uh, here to do, it's a return on investment. If you let me spend these man hours costing this now, here is the return value that I can get for it. Once you, once you can prove that uh, the, the cost benefit alone, it would be ridiculous not to. That's when they're going to sign you up. Yep. Got to start having those conversations, though. I, I talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people never talk to their boss about growth or about what their plans are to improve in the future or anything like that. And if you can start having those convos and start understanding what your manager is looking for, getting on the same page there, you're going to be able to 
develop faster. So awesome. Plus it gives a, a opportunity. If they just say no flat out, it's a great moment for you. Cause yeah, then you go, you go, you learn it on your own. You, then you take that, you get a new job with it and you say, Hey, look, I learned this skill and now they're going to benefit. <laughs> Someone's going to benefit. I think employers should really want their employees to be engaged and wanting to learn and to support and reward that type of behavior, I think is in any technical manager's best interest, but hey, who am I to say? Um, so definitely it sounds like you've been super busy writing uh, some awesome new resources to get people into PowerShell. I look forward to picking up the book and uh, hopefully picking up a signature from the important petty in the world. I can't think of any petty in American history that has had more relevance and impact on this country? Nobody by the name of Tom. <laughs> Tom needed the backup of all of the heartbreakers, all right? James is out here crushing it daily. True. Uh, James, I have a very important question. You know that uh, SQL thing? Uh, I, can, I, I can spell it. How do you pronounce it? Is it SQL or is it SQL? SQL. Jordan, what about you? I've always said SQL, but I've never been confident it's right. Yeah, I was talking to somebody earlier and I saw a little bit of a meme about, is it a SQL dev or an SQL dev? I'm, I'm kind of undecided myself. I remember whenever I started, I was like, yo, SQL, that's what it is. But then SQL... It just rolls off the tongue, and once you hear it enough, you kind of just got to go with it. Um, so we'll go with SQL. So we, we've had Chris Lemaire, Jess Pomfret, many, many people in here that are experts on it, and we never once asked them this question. No, let's ask James. <laughs> well, maybe when you have them on for their 3 P, you can, you can ask them. Mm, true. And you know, we have some plans with Chrissy coming down the, the pipe, so stay tuned for that early next year. That sounds fun. It always is. James, are you an AI guy? Are you into AI at all? Using it at all? Uh, I play with chat GPT some. That's, I mean, I have no free time. I feel you. I feel you. You're not a pioneer. No, I'm letting uh, Doug and Chrissy get all the kinks worked out. And then, uh, then I'll just kind of go. Clean up. Yeah. Me just, too. Just go into the repo and like uh, fix a comma and then go in as a contributor. Right there, you go. Open resume. source contributor, update that resume. I do. I do have a a question here. So you've got you know, new, dad for newborn, full time job, sitting on the chair of a nonprofit. With all of that, what made you sit back and go like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go teach at a community college too. Like, what? How do you get there? Uh, I, so I really enjoy teaching the teaching the basics. So that that's what I teach. Uh, I teach a PowerShell introduction to PowerShell, introduction to Windows Server administration, and introduction to server virtualization. Uh, so I really enjoy teaching at the community college over a traditional college because we get to do a lot of hands-on. Uh, we're, we're, we're not theory-based. It's like, okay, here we go. And we just we, we dive right in. We're hands-on keyboard every day. Uh, so, you know, it does make my day a little long. So I teach for, I teach there eight to nine. I come work here like nine 30 to five 30. Uh, and then I, you know, then, then I go home with the kids and stuff. So it does kind of make for a long day, but it is, it, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's uh, really rewarding. My classes are small. Like I had seven people in my class last time. So it was a, uh, the student to teacher ratio, uh, was, was really, 
you know, it was really low. I got to spend a lot of one-on-one time uh, with the students. And I had the same, I had the same students for all three classes. So we do seven week semester. So I have two, two classes in the fall and one class in the spring. So I had the same students for a year, you know, uh, three semesters uh, for almost a full year. Um, so we, we get to, we get to, we get to, know, uh, get to know each other pretty well during that. And so it's just a lot of fun. Sounds fun. I was a, a beneficiary of community college IT teaching on the same kind of like small class basis that you're talking about. And it's, it's actually a pretty important role, at least for here in the States for educating local workforces. Like, I think that uh, at least where I went to college, they're like in communication with local companies about like what skills are people hiring for. And for so many, like that's the pipeline um, for how they get their talent and what they learn in college actually reflects uh, what happens in companies. So it's really cool to hear that there's a PowerShell course and we're kind of teaching people from who, who actually know their stuff, you know, Microsoft MVP, for example, and you, um, I'd, I'd love to be a student in your class. <laughs> I'd, I'd sit in. Can we audit? Do you have a, a virtual audit for your classroom? Yeah, I, I mean, you're more than welcome to, to, you know, to come if you want to move here to Chattanooga. <laughs> kind of a long uh, commute from Utah. A little bit. Do you think, find that like students are super engaged? Do they get the bigger picture? Are they trying to get a job? Like what's the perspective of a student like in, in, from what you've seen? Uh, normally by the time they come in, because I get them towards the end of their, uh, towards the end of the two year of, of their track, assuming they're following the curriculum. Uh, so I get them toward, towards the end. So they kind of have their mind made up on what route they want to go, whether that be a networking route, operations route, or a cybersecurity. Uh, I don't get any of the programmers. Uh, you know, they they have their own they have they have their own courses. Uh, you know, they do the C plus plus and the Java and the assembly language and all that good stuff. Uh, but for the most part, like I try to give real world examples of what we do. Uh, you know, I, of course, and I I incorporate a lot of my, a lot of my own experiences into that uh, as well. And then we also have you know while we're waiting for something to run or half the class is done, the other half's not. You know, we'll throw in those soft skill, some of the soft skill stuff, um, in 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 there as well, because most of them do have part time jobs. At least, usually, about half of them are in the IT field. Uh, Some of them are off working at Lowe's or Home Depot somewhere, but for the most part, they're in the you know they're in IT field. So we're able to kind of like, I have this problem. How you know how how would you help me navigate it? uh, Type thing. And like I said, we're we're together we're together for. An hour a day, four four days a week for a year or so. So we kind of get the, that's kind of cool. So we, you know, yeah, we talk we talk about a lot. Do, what do they think about all your PowerShell stuff, like uh, the talking and the book and all this? Do they they like that stuff, or what do they think about it? Uh they're like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. I guess. Yeah, I guess they don't have uh, the full perspective of. Well, I guess some of them do from being in the industry a bit, but that's a pretty unique opportunity. I didn't go to a community college. I wish I had because it would have saved me so much. But I also know that my instructor was not a multi-time MVP, published author, uh, and all-around legend of the community. So not only did I pay more, I got less for it. I think that's the benefit for like the college, uh, like community college stuff, is that it's smaller classrooms. It's more intimate. You get more access. It's more kind of hands-on-ish from what I've seen. Yeah, I do know the students say they like. Uh, so, like, so my approach to teaching is uh, no, 
no, no quizzes, no tests, no homework. Like everything is practical lab based. Uh, and so they, you know, towards the end, they tell me they really, they get more out of that than by that, you know, than by, than by being quizzed on, Hey, here's an IP address, subnet it, like, you know, trying to do things like that. But those, I mean, those are not bad skills. They're just not, it's not hands on. Not, it's not hands on. And I'm not a networking guy. Like, I know what a slice 24 is, and that's about it. Yeah, and 790 is one of those things that, with the occasional exception, is you, you build it out, and then that's it, right? Unless you've grown a lot or you're looking for some sort of new uh, segmentation of your work environment, it's, it's kind of locked in. Yeah, it's like, how, like how many times are you going to manually configure a Cisco switch? Like, not many. Twice, twice in college, never in work. <laughs> yeah, and if it is your job, it becomes working knowledge real quick. Like you'll have to relearn it anyways and refresh yourself, and then okay, you're doing it regularly. Well, there you go; it's in your work. Or knowledge. if I had to do it manually every single time, I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely not enjoy that myself. But I actually really enjoyed the Cisco classes early on. My favorite thing about the community college thing was like being able to have all these things and topics that I didn't know anything about and then actually get hands-on experience and be like, oh, this actually isn't magic. There's actually ways to do this and uh, accepted practices and stuff like that. And it's not just me having to figure out how every piece of software works on my own and how it all communicates. It's like, nah, there's a whole industry and uh, a happy path you can take to start learning all this stuff. Do you uh, do, do you like do VMs and stuff for all your labs or do you have them set up their environments? Yeah, so we have uh, a rack of servers, and then we kind of start. I'm like, okay, everyone needs to bring a USB drive, and then we start. Like everyone, is it because there's, there's only seven of them? So we got everyone got their own server. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I broke one of my cardinal rules. I was like, I'm like, this is your puppy. Like you need to care and feed for it for the rest of the semester. Did anyone uh, hard boil their server? <laughs> right, but then, but then once we got to the virtualization class, you know, we did the same thing. You know, we installed the uh, the bare bones OS, and then from there, we built out our virtual infrastructure. Have you learned anything about teaching PowerShell, like since starting the community college stuff? Uh, for sure, there's there's always, like you said, there's always different ways to do things. Uh, so especially, so some of my students already had kind of a working knowledge. They're like, well, I thought we did it this way. It's like, well, you, but you can. Like, there's not, you know, there's there's a lot more ways than just, you know, than one way to go and do things. But also being reminded that uh, some of these kids have never seen PowerShell before ever. Uh, so like, sometimes you got to remember, like, you have to slow down. And, like, when I'm, uh, say, command, like, if I say get 80 user and you know PowerShell, you know there's a hyphen in there. Uh, if you've never seen PowerShell before, you don't know that there's a hyphen in between Git and AD. So they type in Git space AD user, and they're like, "What's happening? Like, why is this? Why isn't this working?" So like, having to remember to like, I like, I have to go back to the basics. Uh, you know, just so I can help them sometimes. I'm like, ah. Oh. Does it help you learn and like resolidify what you know, or is it already so cemented that it's just kind of the same? Uh, no, it definitely. You know, I learn. I learn something new every. You know, Every time, every week when we have a class, I always always learn something new. Are there any? Do you get to see the light bulb moment for for your students? Uh, sometimes, like there's definitely a moment, like when you see, like uh, when they get it, 
And then there's the ones that are like, I, I just want to get through this class. And then there's the ones who like, who like really try. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you're finally getting it. Interesting. Do you find that people who have industry experience are more receptive to it? Usually, uh, it's a big spike because they're because they're already using they're already using it on a daily basis mm. or on a semi daily basis. So they they get to take what we're doing and take it back to a real world practicality very fast. Nice. Yeah. You know, whereas the other people like, all right, I hope I remember this tomorrow. I guess it makes sense. It's. I mean, I I went to school for it was for networking, which is funny. That was one. If we don't do that, I have never used my degree. And I don't think I remembered a single thing from from graduation. My my degree is it is not worthwhile. <laughs> but you have yeah. one. I do. I do. I used community college to learn the basics and get the proficiency to get a job in IT. And then I just kind of I think I had like maybe one or two more IT classes that I didn't really care about, like SQL or something else. No offense to SQL devs. Um but yeah, I just got the job in industry and then just been working up ever since. But I really did enjoy the relationship I had with my professors and being able to learn like that. Like for me, I didn't know much about computers. I mean, I played video games. That's about my extent of computer knowledge before. And so it was kind of an eye-opening experience to go through all that and kind of pave the way for what some of my career would look like and to take a programming class where I technically passed it. But did I learn anything? I don't really know. Like, I don't think it helped me that much uh, whenever I got into PowerShells. Like I've done a for loop before, but that was in C++. Yeah, I did. I did two semesters of C and I couldn't. I, I don't even know if I could compile a program right now. Like, I don't <laughs> right? Really what is that? What is that? We need that to be PowerShell or some other language. <laughs> so I was sitting here talking about all the things we don't remember from school is a more solid case for community college. If, I think that's where everyone should go for their generals, at least, just because the savings alone and you knock out all those credits you don't have to pay for, or not, you don't have to pay uh, what uh, state university prices for. It's it's a great deal. I, I hope my daughter follows that path. I guess it's, I hope my daughter goes to college. How fast into your curriculum do you introduce the help system? Oh, that's day one. Well, I say probably day two. So day one, like, all right, here's PowerShell. Let's, you know, because a lot of times uh, the computers are not always up to date. So, we, you know, it takes a day or two sometimes to actually get the machines up and running. Uh, but then we're like, all right, here's how we do the help system. What about errors? Do people just, do you find that people just kind of like see the red text and ignore it? Or do you have to give a lesson on like, hey, actually read the error messages? Yeah, so luckily we use PowerShell 7. So the error messages are a whole lot better than you know Windows PowerShell. But we, um, I normally make the first mistake because you know I'm a terrible typist. Uh, so it, it, everything's a teaching moment. So anytime we get an error, like we always stop. And, well, anytime I have an error, it's up on the screen. We stop and look. We're like, "What happened?" Most of the time, I fat fingered something. We're like, you know, like let's look at the error. Let's see what the error is telling us, and then we we kind of go from there. What's the hardest topic to teach, or the one that they have the hardest time kind of wrapping their head around? Uh, teaching new people that tab completion is a thing, really, and that you don't have to type everything out. I could see that if you don't have any experience with like command line type stuff. Like, I could see that. Like if we're running get ad user, you like G E T hyphen A D U and then push the push the tab button and it'll get you there. Like you don't have to you don't have to finger pick it out. And same thing with all of the 
uh, with with all the parameters. Like just just get one letter and push tab tab through it. Uh, because I I had this one student in particular, and he would always misspell things. Like, you know, uh, and then I, we'd get errors, and then we start getting mad. I'm like I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, well, you misspelled this. So then I'm he would backspace, and he would start typing out again. I'm like, stop it. I'm like, use the freaking tab button. I have the opposite problem. I hit tab too early. So I'll do git dash ad, and then I'll tab, and then I'll start oh, yeah, tabbing yeah, through. <laughs> and of course, yeah. the first couple of ones that are ones that are like 10,000 yeah. characters long. No, a whole bunch. Of, I've actually, I've learned that if the first tab is just way long, I just tab again until I get a shorter one, then I delete. Really... <laughs> and then go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. I think that is one of the hardest concepts for new people, for someone who's new to PowerShell to understand, is that tab completion is a thing, and that it is your friend, and how to effectively use it. Yeah, and if you tab complete a little too early, control backspace, bloop, delete everything you just typed, and you can start again. Okay, see, again, see, learn, learn something new. Learn something new. And you know how we're tabbing through parameters? If you accidentally go one too far, instead of having to press tab to go all the way around again, you can press shift tab to go the other way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the educational segments. I just, once you start applying it, it's hard not to. So for those of you that are listening, when you go fill out your survey, we need Andrew's educational moment. Yes. Ah, hmm. See, I've been pushing for sports corner, but no one, no one's on board. No, I mean, we, we mentioned pickleball. <laughs> yeah. I, I think who was it? Somebody came up and oh yeah, it's a PowerShell uh, conference EU thing. Whenever I was talking to somebody, they're like, "No, wait, it was Emil on the podcast. He asked us what pickleball was." Anyways, we've already talked about it too much. Well, yeah, that's the point though. We got two gold medalists. Everyday talking and not not talking sports. It's it, it is wasted potential. <laughs> One day. <laughs> um, what are a couple of? Do you see any misconceptions that your students have when learning PowerShell? Things they kind of expect to be one way when it's really not. No, not generally. As that again, because most of them are most most of the most students are come from a greenfield. Like they've either they either if they use it at work, someone else has already written it for them. So they're just, you know, they're running pre-canned scripts, uh, or they've never seen it before. So it's usually it's one, of, it's one, it's one or the other. I, I have, I've yet to have anyone. Yeah, I've only been doing it for a year. I'm, you know, only doing it for a year now. But uh, I haven't had anyone who's kind of come and like, I don't understand why it's not working this way. Like someone who's coming from a Python background or a, you know, a C++ background or something like that. But ask me next year when you have when you have me on for my for my my yearly visit, and we'll probably talk to you at Summit too. So you, you know, oh, it could yeah. even be even more than that. Just watch we'll, we'll, podcast, yeah, PowerShell podcast after dark. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get there at Summit, and he'll already have a new book. That's <laughs> yeah, something I think my wife would be terribly upset <laughs> if You're I came into another book right now. That's what people say, and then they get offers, and then they decide to write again. They forget. They forget the pain. You can't stop a teacher from teaching. It's true. I told myself I'd never write again for a book, and I only had to write one chapter. But it's been long enough, I've probably forgot the pain, too. So I'm curious about the editing, because the editing I go through for blogs, I'm sure, is not near. But for me, the hardest part was they'd make like these minor changes and like ask me if that's okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, if you don't feel like you're messing with the code of whatever, and then have at it. I don't care. Is that similar for books, or is it more locked in? 
No, it is. So uh, so the first round drafts go through. Then a technical a technical editor comes through. So someone, um, so my technical editor is Wes, and Wes is fantastic. He's very knowledgeable in PowerShell. So he's going through and reading it, and he's running, he's testing the code, making sure the code works, making sure that everything, the paragraphs flow good. Like he's making sure he can kind of pick up and follow on it. Uh, he makes a lot of comments like, first, you know, you know, new to someone who's new, new ish to PowerShell may not understand what this is. You may want to expand on it a little bit. So we'll do that a couple of times. Uh, and then, so what, so that we just finished that. Uh, so now, so the copy editor comes in. And that's probably what, more what you're referring to. She's going to come through and fix all, all, all the grammatical errors. Uh, she's going to put commas where they're supposed to be. Uh, you know, and Manning has a particular voice uh, that, uh, that they'd like the books to be, to be written in. So she'll go through and change a lot of that stuff to make it fit like the styling guide that Manning has. Nice. But yeah, but, but like you said, it's also the same thing. Like I, ha I have to approve everything because they want to make sure that I'm not uh, like we may be trying to make something grammatically correct, but that doesn't, you know, but that might take away from what, from what we're going through, or let's say she's not a, uh, PowerShell, uh, PowerShell person. Yeah. So she doesn't know anything about the code. So she's making, just making sure we don't, we don't change a parameter to something or. Right. Make sure it still all makes sense. Given the context. Cool. Sounds like quite the process. Um, I wanted to circle back, though. We might have covered this in a previous podcast, but what were your initial days like um, when you got involved in speaking and at Summit and with this whole journey you've been on ever since then? What was your kind of entry point? Uh, so that started in 20, I believe it was 16. It was either 16 or 17. Uh, I met Jason Helmick and... Uh, Jason and Jeff Hicks. We were at the bar in the courtyard. Uh, we had left. We were at lot. Not like check. We were at. Oh, what's that? What's the name of that place on the third floor of the Belgian Mall? Uh, anyways, uh, we we uh, at Tavern Hall. We just left. We left Tavern Hall for the Wednesday night party a little early because we were kind of. Uh, it was me and my friend Little John. Uh, so we we just left a little early, took an Uber back, and then met Jeff and Jason in the uh, down the bar down there. Somehow we got in the conversation that they were looking, you know, they were they were trying to make their exit plans, you know, trying to find their replacements. Uh, and I had just happened to finish uh, creating the uh, filing, like all the IRS paperwork and doing the taxes and stuff for my fraternities alumni association. So Jason's like, "Oh, I have to do all that too. We should talk." And then uh, I think that must have been 2017, because then 2018. Um, oh, my ears mixed up. Anyways, so the next year, uh, I attended Summit as uh, kind of the incoming the incoming CFO, and then in 2019, uh, you know, Will Anderson set uh, stepped down as CEO, and then I that's I kind of filled that role from there. When did you start speaking? Uh, it was I think 20, I believe it was 2018 was my first uh, speaking gig, and it was at it was at Summit. There's one of the things, so like, uh, like I had this idea, so I'd implemented Gia at, uh, at my old job, and I had told Jason Helmley kind of what I, what I had done, and he was like, that's really good. Like, you should talk about that. I'm like, I, like, I don't know how to write an abstract or talk or anything. So he kind of took me under his wing, uh, helped, me, helped me write the abstract, gave me some coaching tips. You know, I did a couple of practice presentations with him, 
and to kind of help get the uh, the nerves and the jitters out. I know, like uh, you and and Don and and Jason, they've all said basically we were looking to step back. It was time for the new generation. It's always sounded peaceful, but in my mind, that's not how it went down. I like to think that you you were like a warlord. You went in and you're like I'm taking over, and Don's like, like no. Can't. You guys battled. It was like a three-day battle, a, a scripting battle, and you came out on top. And he had to, uh, he had to resign. That's how it's. That's how it's always going to go down in my head. <laughs> and you, believe, believe me, I like. I cannot script against Jason. <laughs> Jason would be a tough one. Jeff would be tough as well. Not, not changing my mind. That's uh, history is set up here. So, were you friends with Jason before that first convo, or was it just uh... never met him before a day in my life? Really. Outside of uh, how was that? Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was fine. I mean, outside of the uh, hey, I'm James, I'm an attendee here, like, and you know, and, you know, in the whole social circle, but yeah, that was the first time I actually really met him and had more than said more than one sentence to him. And then eventually, you became an MVP along the way for your community contributions and spoke at more conferences. And I think you spoke at Spice World recently, too. Yeah, yeah, I spoke at Spice this year. I spoke at Spice World and the Boston V Mug. So uh, that was a lot. That was a lot of. That was a lot of fun. Nice. What uh, did you present at the V Mug? Uh, they were both uh, a PowerShell security session. Nice. Those are always good. I feel like that's the thing that we can really get more of is people actually implementing and using the security features in PowerShell, as we've. Definitely mentioned on the podcast a few times. <laughs> right. Such an important uh, topic. Awesome. Well, Jordan, these have been some easy questions. James has crushed it. Do you have any hard hitters stored away somewhere deep in that beautiful noggin? I, I have a couple. Uh, I'm just going to, off the top of my head, this is the idea that I thought of. Oh. Apologies to Jess for stealing your intellectual property. Uh, common parameters is what I've decided to call it. That's creative. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this. No big deal. Are you ready for the most three most difficult questions you're ever going to get? Is it the same thing that you ask everyone else? Absolutely. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll spice it. Up. I'll change like a a conjunction or something. Put a change a pause, <laughs> dramatic pause in the middle. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> With uh, what's one time that something went uh incorrect? See that? While on the job. And what did you learn from it? It's a new question. Oh, let's see here. Well, there was this one time when I rebooted every print server in seven states. That was that was fun. Yikes. Yeah. So, I mean, I assume yeah, so, PowerShell so, so, was involved. Print, to get that mean at once, uh, I assume. Uh, well, yeah, it was PowerShell. So, because I reboot, well, I take that back. I didn't reboot the printers. I rebooted the print servers. Uh, and of course, half of them didn't come back up correctly. So printing was down for like an hour. In some industries, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah, especially when maintenance people try to print out work orders, and oh. the union contract says that if there's not a printed work order out, they can't do anything. Yeah, that was Yay. fun. And you don't do anything small. It's all <laughs> it's all grandiose. No. Now, but there, there was one thing uh, that my manager told me. He goes, everyone's allowed to make mistakes. He goes, you're just not allowed to make the same mistake twice. Like, and that was, and that was the end of our conversation. It's like, that's awesome. So, so next time you only bring down half the print servers. <laughs> Brand new. 
All right, you, you, you passed. You passed the first one. Are you ready for the second comma parameter? Go for it. With all of your vast knowledge, what is one tip you would give your younger self when you first start in IT? Oh, let's see here. First starting IT. Probably ask more questions. Like I was a very much, I'm just going to do my job. And if they want me to do something, they will tell me that they want me to do it. Not, yeah, you know, it took me a long time to go figure out that I had to go tell my boss sometimes that I'm out of stuff to do because they're really busy and they forget that, to, that, that you don't have assignments or you did it faster than they anticipated. So, yeah, because it's, it's kind of a bad look when you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, nothing to do, like browsing, uh, browsing LinkedIn and Facebook all day and your boss walks by. And, they don't know that you don't have that you don't have anything to do. They think you're just slack ass. Yeah, and they, they never uh, swing by when you're in the middle of a intense coding session. No, never. It's always <laughs> when you're on Facebook. That's, that's actually the universal rule of uh, ping pong. If you have it in the office as well, the moment you pick up the paddle, <laughs> boss comes by. Yep. All right, you're doing good. You're doing good. But this is the last one, and this one is legitimately a, a just an awful question. Is it is so hard to answer? What are your three favorite modules? Uh, man, favorite modules. It's, it's, I don't, we should change that one just because it's not a fair question. Right. Uh, so I use import Excel a lot. That's a good one. You know, managers like Excel documents, they don't like CSVs. Uh, I've been using, I've been playing around with the graph API here uh, a lot here recently. You know, there's a lot, you know, because the Azure AD module is, and it's now is it either is poof or is about to be poof, you know, along with the SharePoint online and all those uh, anything dealing with management of Azure users is probably a better way to put it. Uh, so having to deal with graph a lot and get that, get that all set up. And then a third module, what is the third module that I use? See, there's so many things that's just come baked, they come just ready to go now. Have you heard of our friend PS Readline? <laughs> All right. I guess we'll probably have to go. We'll go with just the Azure, you know, because Azure module is still. Uh, actually, I just installed it earlier today on earlier today on machine. Easy. I don't. Know, I don't. Know, can we count chocolatey as a module? Does that count? I mean, it's a good one. <laughs> you do a lot of great things with chocolatey. We're gonna allow it. We're gonna allow it. All right. So now that you got that out of the way, which I mean. You 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 persevered. That's not easy. We're, we're proud of you. He made it through. But now we got we got a treat for you. Uh-oh. I don't know if you're aware. You've been sitting in the presence of a, a celebrity, just a legend. Andrew Plaw is so good at shilling that the only question more difficult than your three favorite modules is what's your favorite Andrew Plaw shill? Because, I mean, how do you pick one out of all of that perfection? It's impossible. But we have a front row seat to listen to a true expert just spin pure gold. I right, take it away, Andrew. Hello, dear listeners. Thank you. Jordan, I like the juxtaposition of uh, that other guy is what you call me in the intro. And then we get this lovely intro for the shill. Oh, you're mixing up that we had we recorded two today. That other guy was uh, the one that dropped last week. What did you say this week or this episode? Oh, I can't Something similar. It was similar. It was, it was similar friendly vibe. this time. I, I got you. Uh, you were the legend. I was the, you know, I'm here. But 
yeah, thanks. If you're listening, you've made it to the end. Thank you. You are one of our closest listeners. And if you have been listening this long, I'm sure you have some great feedback for us. Hopefully this isn't your first episode, nor your last. And in fact, we have a podcast survey we'd love you to fill out, which we told you about earlier, and I won't mention again, other than saying check the show notes for a link to do it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Give us a like, comment, or subscription on YouTube. Hit the bell to be notified of new content. And if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, as so many of you are, thank you to our listeners. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Jordan, we are worldwide. We are here. We are there. We are everywhere. If you would like to send us some feedback directly, you can hit us up at PowerShellPod or PowerShell at PDQ.com. I'm Andrew Plotek. He's DevOps Jordan. And James, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for all you do for the community. And if people want to tap in with you and, and reach out and see what you're doing, where can we find you on this World Wide Web? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, or X. Uh, you can also hit me up on the PowerShell forums or the PowerShell Discord. Uh, P I'm at PSJamesP at everywhere. Obviously not LinkedIn, but I'm really, really easy to find on LinkedIn, but. Yeah, and I'd love to hear it if uh, some listeners end up blogging for the PowerShell.org blog. I'd love to hear about that. Oh, yeah, me, me too. All right, I, I'd recommend in the PowerShell changing your username to Professor Petty just because people need to know. Uh, I will take that under advisement. <laughs> That's a friendly no. All right, thank you so much for your time. All right, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast. The PowerShell Podcast is a PDQ production, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick.